0: What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your journey toward heaven. If you are a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.assizopress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and other podcast formats that are out there. If the show is a gift for you, it might be a gift for other people as well on today's show we are going to talk about how can Catholics defend the church right there's so much corruption there's so much evil that we see not only in the world but also from people within the church and so how could and should we as Catholics defend the church but before we get into that really good question I want to share with you a glory story My glory story is this, we, uh, Ascension was invited to be at at SEEK, the SEEK conference, Focus puts that on, we had 20,000 people that were there, it was awesome, got to hang out with uh, the the producers from behind the scene, which is always a gift, our Vagabond missionaries were there, Uh, the mercenary and sisters of the Blessed Sacrament, who work at Sacred Heart of Jesus School, were there um, as well, and so uh, it was just really cool for me to be able to have all my different, like, my my people that I, I rock with, Ascension, Vagabond, mercenary sisters present as well as many friends i was able to see so many friends that i only get to see a few times a year because i travel a lot less now with the demands of my assignments and the diocese vocation director i am also a pastor of a church sacred heart of jesus and a school sacred heart jesus the best school in the diocese of baton rouge by the way i also now i'm collaborating with the united states conference of catholic bishops on their committee on evangelization and catechesis uh, as well as the chaplain for the Knights of Peter Claver. So I'm just, I don't travel that much because I'm just needed in my, my assignments that I have locally with the church. So when I do get to travel, it's just nice to see friends uh, who are our disciples of the Lord, who are trying to, to become saints, who are trying to form saints. One of my glory stories, though, is while I was at the seat Conference, I was meeting people who have benefited from this podcast. And I i don't look for fruits. I don't even desire to, to, to know the fruits of the podcast. I just do it because I believe God's called me to do this podcast. And uh, Ascension has asked me to keep, keep doing it, and I feel called to keep doing it. And so that's why I do it. I'm, I think this show glorifies God. But every now and then, the Lord gives me a glimpse of what he's doing through this, this work. And I was able to meet so many people who have benefited from the podcast over the years, but particularly one young man who's in seminary formation now. And he said, Father Josh, I just want you to know, like I'm in seminary because of the podcast and I've, I've listened for years and it's helped me to discern the priesthood. And, and so I, that's just like, whoa, Lord, that's crazy. That's so, so crazy, but it's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful to God for meeting this young seminarian. So please pray for him in his discernment. As he figures out, if God's calling him to to the ordained life. But that is my glory story. Is that uh, I, I don't know what God is doing with this podcast and how He's benefiting people and their salvation and their walk toward heaven. But it is always nice to hear. Um, I don't seek to hear, but it's nice to be able to hear what the Lord is doing through the work of ascension in our team that that makes this podcast a thing. So. That will be the glory story for today. And now let's jump into the show of not so glorious things, the sins of people in the church. So, our question this week is How do we as Catholics defend the church? There is so much corruption, so much evil. How can we defend it? And so, I think there's a few ways I want to address this question. Number one is, you know, I we get so caught up in tribes that sometimes we defend our tribe at all costs, right? And so, like, we as people, and I'm not a sociologist by any means, but I have studied a little bit of that sociology and. Yeah, we as people, when we get a tribe, we fight for that tribe. And it's not always good. You know, like sometimes we might identify as a Republican or as a Democrat or a socialist or a libertarian or uh, solidarity, right? We find our party and we become like unwilling to acknowledge that that party is broken and imperfect and messy and needs to be reformed, that it is not perfect. And it cannot be perfect while it is on earth like because people are in that party and they will promote policies or practices within that party that are not going to always be in line with the gospel and the Catholic Church's teachings. They're not going to be perfect. And so we're always in need of reformation. No matter how good the, the intention was by the founders or the, the creators of that movement or that party, they're never going to be perfect. But what often happens is once we identify as that, we defend it at all costs. We make excuses for it at all costs. And we can't do that, right? Or we do it with other movements or other groups or other clubs or other fraternities or sororities that we might belong with. We don't need to defend the evil within institutions. Where there's evil, we need to acknowledge if I'm gonna be a part of this institution, it's because I believe that God is calling me to be a reformer from within, not to just revolt from it and you know what and sometimes he does cause us to revolt from certain things, but I'm Standing by these people because I believe that God can use us to reform it from within, to purify it over time, and I know it'll never be re- totally reformed until we're in heaven. But like I do believe that God's given me gifts and talents and resources to to bring this this movement, this party, this organization, this group along the way. But we, have, as a people, typically defend. We would defend our tribe, and that's not always healthy. We think if you're talking about my tribe and how broken my tribe is and then, then that means that no it's like th- that means that it's just it is just that it's an imperfect movement, imperfect tribe. So when it comes to the church, here's the thing. There is two ways of looking at the church. There was a saint who once said the church is both our mother and a whore. Now, I want to invite us to unpack that, all right? Our mother as in she is perfect. Holy Mother Church is the perfect bride of Christ that Jesus Christ has cleansed and he is purified, right? In that sense, the church is perfect. The church in heaven is perfect, right? The body of Christ, the bride of Christ in heaven, the church is not an it. The church is a she. She, the bride of Christ, is not just on earth, but she is in heaven. And the bride of Christ in heaven is perfect. The bride of Christ in purgatory is being perfected. And the bride of Christ on earth is imperfect. That's you and me. We are the body of Christ and we are the bride of Christ. And the bride of Christ on earth and the people has never, ever been completely perfect, right? At the foundation of the church, when Jesus Christ invited the apostles to to be his bride, they were broken and they were messy and they were imperfect from the jump. Right. Peter had a cussing problem and he cut somebody's ear off with a sword after he was ordained a priest at the Last Supper. And he abandoned Jesus and he denied Jesus. And Thomas doubted Jesus. Right. It was the church has been broken from the beginning. And Jesus Christ, our bridegroom, who we're called to keep our eyes fixed on, when the church was broken and messy and imperfect, he didn't say, well, I'm going to divorce you and I'm going to find a new bride. Because you, my bride, body of Christ's church, you ain't got what it takes. You're not good enough. You're not perfect, right, as as the church in heaven is. No, he said, I'm going to stay, and I'm going to keep loving you and purifying you. So even when the church ran away, Jesus Christ ran after the bride. Just like in the Old Testament, Hosea and Gomer. Gomer was a whore, and Hosea was invited by God to love his bride, Gomer, right, and, and to stay faithful to her even when she was unfaithful to him. And like we, as the church on earth, are oftentimes unfaithful to God and I say we because I am too. That's why I go to confession every week. That's why my church, Sacred Heart of Jesus, has four confessionals. That's why the church at every single Mass, and when we pray the Confederate, we say, I confess to Almighty God and you, my brothers and sisters, that I've sinned through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. We're all sinners. Pope John Paul the Great went to confession every single week as well, and he's one of my favorite saints. We are all sinners. We're all perfect. We all hurt God. We all walk away from God when we choose to sin, whether it's mortal or venial. We're walking away from Jesus. All right, so we have hearts that are corrupt. We have hearts that are tainted. We struggle between vice and virtue. We give in to evil as, as, as the church on earth. Uh, but Jesus, our bridegroom, he never leaves us. He keeps pursuing us. He keeps going after Peter. And when Peter denied him, he died, and he rose from the dead, and he went to Peter in the upper room and said, Peace be with you. And Peter left him again to be a fisherman, and he went after Peter again, and he said, Do you love me three times? And Peter followed him again. And then tradition tells us that Peter, at the end of his life, when Rome was being persecuted, the church in Rome, he was running away from persecution, and Jesus came and appeared to him and was walking towards Rome, and Peter said, Quo where are you going? And, and Jesus has looked at Rome, and so Peter went to Rome and finally died in union with Christ in the church. And so Jesus, the bridegroom, never gives up. So we as the bride, we keep our eyes on Jesus. We look at Jesus. He's the one we look at. As disciples of Jesus, he's the one who our eyes are fixed upon. We look at him so we can imitate him. Adoration of Jesus leads to imitation of Jesus. And because Jesus Christ never left the church, we don't either. But we also don't defend sin. We don't defend the sins of the church. We don't say... Oh, well, you know, whatever it's. No, like we call out sin and we invite sinners to repent. That's what Paul did with Peter in Galatians. When Peter, the Pope was sinning by giving these rules that were not of God, Paul fraternally corrected him. Paul checked him. And so we call out sin and we say sin is not okay, and you need to repent and believe in the gospel. You need to be reformed by the love of Christ and by the, the work of the church, by the ministry of other people in the church who can help you to experience re- reformation. You need to make it right. Reparation is necessary as well. We call it out. We don't defend it. right? We acknowledge this. We The church, the bride of Christ on earth, will, it, it is not perfect. No, we're, we're broken. We're messy. We're sinners. But we do not defend that. We don't do that. Uh, I remember when I was at St. Ben's, it's one of our seminaries, I was giving a talk on racial reconciliation to the seminarians. Uh, this was uh, probably in like 2021, and as I was giving this workshop, one of the seminarians asked me the question. He said, "He said I was he was doing ministry in his diocese, and this guy found out that he was Catholic. The seminarian was white, a white seminarian, and the guy said the Catholic Church is a racist white institution. And the seminarian asked me, he said, How do you how do I respond to someone when they say something like that?' And again, respond with a question to the man. What do you mean when you say the Catholic Church is a racist white?" institution, right? And so as opposed to being like, no, it's not, start with the question. Like understand his terms. What does he mean when he's talking about? Because Holy Mother Church, the Bride of Christ, is not a racist white institution, right? That's foolish. But if you ask the man for the questions, you might realize what he's talking about is maybe the parish that he went to, the church community that he went to, maybe had a pastor or a parish council that had racist policies in their school handbook. And, and that's his own experience of the Catholic Church, is that parish that has a school that had policies that denied his children access to it because of the rules that they put in their handbook. And so if you can begin to have that conversation with the person, you can say, oh, sir, that is not okay what that parish did and what that school did, that parochial school attached to that parish. Those rules were indeed racist, um, and that in the policies, that was an institutional rule, and that's not okay, and, and, and we we need to make, is it still a rule? If so, let's make it right. Let's go and change those handbook policies, right, those practices or whatever, but sir, just so you know, that the church is the bride of Christ, right, so, so when you say that the Catholic church was a white race institution, I resist that because I don't believe that's true. What I believe to be true is that that parish community that had that school attached to it, did have a policy in their handbook that was bad and that was racist because it did discriminate against a group of people because of the color of their skin. And so that's what so we have to clarify. We don't want to defend sin. We don't want to defend people at all costs. When people talk about me, I'm like, yeah, I'm not perfect. Like I'm, if, if when people call me out and, and, and tell me things I'm doing wrong and my parishioners get mad, I'm like, don't get mad. I'm not a saint yet. I'm, I want to be a saint so bad. I desire to be a saint But I'm not perfect, and so there's a lot of room for me to grow and be reformed over time. It's cool. So like when people call me out, say, you're right, Father Josh is not perfect and he's striving to be a saint, I will communicate to him his flaws so that he can ask the Holy Spirit to work on them if they are indeed true flaws. We don't always have to defend people that we love. We don't have to defend our parents. If our parents did stuff that was messed up, our parents are not their sins, but what they did was wrong, and we can acknowledge that. We have to defend our, our city or our state or our country or our whatever. We can acknowledge what happened was wrong, and I don't stand with that. But I do want to work to reform that. I do want to be part of the solution that tries to make it better. And so I think the best way we can defend the church is by holding people within the church accountable to holiness, to being saints, to not settling for mediocrity, but to strive for excellence in the body of Christ um, and to, and to not defend the sins right like don't ask me to defend people within the church who are publicly sinning right i'm not going to do that right i would defend the bride of christ and her dignity as the bride of christ and the church as being founded by jesus christ he only founded one church i will not ever deny that he he founded one church the catholic church period right it's, it's a fact right i will defend his bride but i would not defend people within the bride the church and their sins I will fight for them to be holy. I will pray for them to have conversions. I will, I will fast for them to be purified in purgatory, but I won't defend the evil that they've done. I will acknowledge it and I will admit it. Yeah, you know, there's been popes in our church history who had, uh, like Pope Alexander, whatever, he, he had like public sins in the Vatican, right? In, in Rome, orgies and stuff like that, like terrible things that were happening, right? I'm not defending that and I will not defend that. That was wrong. That was mortally sinful. Call that stuff out. Not okay, All right? He was a public sinner who I pray repented before he died, right? I don't desire for anybody to be in hell. Um, so I pray that he repented. I will offer up reparation for him today in my breviary. I will pray for him today. Like, Lord, if he, if he is in purgatory, I am offering these prayers for him to be completely purified so he can become a saint, so he can experience the beatific vision I know you desire for all people, Lord Jesus Christ. You desire all people. You don't give up on any of us. And so Jesus, I pray and I will offer up a fast. I will offer up a penance. I will pray for him, Lord, if he's in purgatory, to be purified by the blood of Jesus Christ and be drawn to the kingdom of heaven. All right. So the church is, as a saint says so many years ago, um, yeah, she's both our mother and she's holy and she's perfect as our mother. And she, as in, we can also live like a whore and that we can be unfaithful to Jesus, our bridegroom. And we, when we sin are unfaithful to Jesus, right? Hence the definition of the whore part of, of us. So that's, uh, that's the show. When we get back, I'm going to have a saint. And the saint is, I think, going to give us a, a model of what we can do when we are living in this tension of a broken, messy, imperfect church with broken, messy, imperfect people like you and like me. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jeff Cavins and I'm excited to introduce you to the Ascension app. It contains the full text of the Great Adventure Bible, the full text of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and both the Bible and Catechism in a Year podcasts. The app has special features that make the connections between the Bible and the Catechism crystal clear, like color-coded cross-links and easy navigation. It also answers nearly 1,000 questions from Bible in a Year listeners. About the Bible, with videos from myself and others, also audio clips and excerpts from Ascension's popular books. To download the app, simply go to the App Store on your phone and search Ascension. I hope you enjoy it. I enjoy it, carried it around everywhere I go. And we are back. So excited to be back. Our, our Saint for the day. before we say today, one thing, uh, you can hit me up with your own comments, questions, critiques. wwwthatascensionpresscom Josh us and review us and share us on social media pages. So, saint for the day is going to be Saint Vincent Ferrer. Saint Vincent Ferrer was a, a mystic. He was a priest who was a great preacher and a miracle and wonder worker. And the reason why I felt, felt called to share him as a saint for the day is because he lived during a very messy time in the history of the world, right? He lived during the time where they, there was the bubonic plague. It was the 14th century pandemic that like, literally like, had people living in constant fear of death. He lived through the Western schism where there was literally two guys claiming to be the pope. The church was, was so divided then. If you think the church is divided now, especially because the social media is so divisive at times, the church was way more divided then. There were two guys claiming to be the valid pope. There was only one valid pope, but two guys were claiming it. So the church was totally confused, totally divided. And there was just a lot of immorality at that time going on in the church with the clergy as well. So you think the clergy is scandalous today? Trust me, the the clergy was scandalous then, as it was scandalous with the apostles, who were all clergy who abandoned Jesus, including John. He abandoned Jesus. He came back, but he abandoned him initially as well. So St. Vincent Ferrer, uh, uh, he was living a mediocre priesthood. He had a near-death experience where he experienced the healing power of Jesus Christ and then began to live as a radical disciple of Jesus Christ, And he would call people to repent to believe in the gospel. But he focused on the people in front of him. I think whenever we are aware of the flaws of the body of Christ on earth, we can sometimes get so depressed and focus, hyper focus on that, on the on the sinfulness of 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 the clergy our religious or lay leaders are just our brothers and sisters within our parish um, are our own stuff and we are invited to to not look there but to do what St. Vincent Farah did which is to first and foremost look at God and he always prayed so much he looked at God then he imitated God and he focused on people in front of him who needed to be evangelized like I don't have time as a, as a priest I do not have time to focus on the sins of of people in the church in Africa and in Asia and in Europe. I have so much that I have to focus on right here in my own community. I have neighbors who have never heard the gospel. there are people who live in the geographical boundaries of my neighborhood who have never, read the Bible. They have never heard the story of salvation. They have never been invited to the Catholic Church to be in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. I have so much work to do right here in my own geographical boundaries. And then and then within my parish, with active Catholics who come to Mass every Sunday, I have people within the parish who have never gone to confession and really confessed their sins, who have never had an encounter with Jesus. There's so much work that I've got to do with the people right in front of me. I don't have time to focus on all this stuff out there. And you don't either you shouldn't have this, all this time to focus on all this stuff happening all over the world in the church. There are people in your family who are not living as disciples. And you're sitting here focusing on Twitter and social media, not you the question, but like you as in people in general, we focus on all this stuff out there. And there are people within our own community, in my own school, in my own workplace environment, in my own neighborhood who don't know the gospel. And when I die, when you die, when we die, we're going to go before God. He's gonna ask us, why didn't she share the gospel with him? Well, because I was so busy uh, reading all these gossip websites and, and, and doing all this research about all these problems within people in the church and all these scandals that are happening and all this, whatever. And he's gonna say, You really focused all that and you didn't even focus on your own land that I entrusted you to? Like St. Vincent Ferrer, he went out to the land that he was entrusted to and he discipled people and he prayed for healing and miracles and wonders and he raised the dead, God raised the dead through him and he proclaimed the gospel and people repented because he wasn't focused on everything out there, he was focused on who was right in front of him. And I believe that's what God's calling us to do today is to stop like focusing on all these other things and be saints, form saints right here in our own land. Mother Teresa would always say that. you Don't don't worry about coming to Calcutta. You got your own Calcutta and your own land. Focus on those people. St. Vincent Ferrer, we invite you to pray for us, that we may be so so inspired by the the Lord to imitate you and to be rooted in prayer, to be rooted and faithful to prayer. Here's one more thing. I'm on a soapbox right now. If you ain't praying, if you aren't spending time with Jesus Christ every single day, then you have no right to focus on the sins of other people in church because that's that's breaking the commandment right there. You're making idols of other people, places, and things. You're focusing more on other people, places, and things than you are on God, our bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Prayer is important. Prayer is necessary. And so if you're not rooted in the interior life and relationship with Jesus Christ, then you have no right to be focusing on, on the sins of other people. Because if you are rooted in prayer, then you'll be inspired by the God you encounter in prayer and he will give you wisdom and give you his mind on how he wants you to deal with the problems right in front of you in your land that he's entrusted to you to transform, to build, to sanctify. So maybe a practical rule, like a practice that you might want to like keep that we can all keep is if I don't spend my time with God in prayer, then I won't spend any time on the internet looking at all the problems within the church on earth. Because that's not going to be helpful. Not going to be helpful for my salvation my soul or other people who I'm trying to work with because if you're trying to come up with solutions to problems within the body of Christ on earth without being rooted in prayer the solutions will not work because it's not being inspired by the Holy Spirit ain't gonna work at all and you're gonna probably cause more problems uh, than good yeah so let's imitate St. Vincent But say St. Vincent Paul him too he's also cool but let's imitate St. Vincent Fair and be rooted in God in prayer so St. Vincent Fair, pray for us till next time Love you. Bye.